0: Whether we're striving for sainthood here on earth or learning about the lives of the saints who've gone before us, we each have a beautifully unique story and path to sainthood. Catholic podcast. I'm your host for today's episode, Chloe Langer, and I'm joined today by Joe Honeyhockey, a friend from college who now lives up here in Kansas City with us. So, welcome to the show, Joe. It's so good to have you on. Hi, I'm
1: thrilled to be here.
0: So, Joe is a guest for our podcast, but he actually has his own podcast, which is what we're going to be talking about today: is a relationship with the saints, especially in this new year. A lot of people will pick saints of the year as their patron saint, so we're excited to introduce maybe some new saints to this podcast. And really talk about the importance of why you should have a relationship with the saints and with your guardian angels. So, Joe Mm -hmm. is going to be our resident expert on all things (laughs) saints today. (laughs) I'll do my best. You've recently started a new podcast, so Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about... The inspiration behind The Heavenly Social.
1: Yeah, so as you said, my podcast is called The Heavenly Social. And each episode, I cover one saint in particular and really dive into their life story. Well, so the inspiration from that came from years of people telling me, Hey, you have a voice. You should do something with like that. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was always me saying, Well, like, yeah, it would be great to do a podcast, but I have nothing to say. So, well, one thing led to another, and I ended up going through voice coaching to do voice acting stuff, and through that, uh, they said, hey, you guys should do podcasts or blogs or, you know, something for exposure. Mm -hmm. So, I started to kind of take that a little bit more seriously. Well, I sat down, and I thought, all right, what are the things that I like? Well, I love Catholicism, and I really enjoy telling stories so, what can I do with this <laughs> well, And that's how the heavenly social came about I'm like what better stories to tell than the stories of saints and people that we're supposed to look up to.
0: So how long has the podcast been around?
1: Uh, So I started about the beginning of November. I think the very first episode I published on October 31st. Very good. (laughs) That's what I did for my
0: Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) And seasonally appropriate because everyone can tune into it on All Saints Day. (laughs) Yeah. There are saints in the Catholic circles who are the household name saints. Like you think of saints like Saint Joseph or Mm -hmm. Mother Teresa or Teresa of and these saints that you see everywhere and all Mm. around, but there's also saints that we don't know too much about. And I love how those are the saints that you really dig into in the heavenly social. So what inspired you to learn more about the lives of the saints that may not be those familiar household names?
1: Yeah. Well, so I guess the biggest reason I focus more on lesser known saints is they're almost easier to emulate, I, w- I would say. It's really difficult to look at somebody like Saint Thomas Aquinas or you know Saint Francis of Assisi or even Mother Teresa or uh, you know Saint uh, John Paul II, and just be like, ah, I could do that. I-, I don't think very many people are having those kinds of thoughts. So I kind of like these lesser-known saints. They've done incredible things. There are incredible things attributed to them but i think there there's a realm of attainability with these saints because they may have affected their local areas or they maybe their miraculous works were uh, on a much smaller scale they didn't fundamentally change the church like <laughs> you know saint thomas aquinas did mm-hmm. to me those stories yeah make the saints more familiar almost more approachable even so that's Kind of why I focus on
0: that. What does the research process for you look like? There's hundreds of thousands of saints, but Mm. there's also... A lot of them are those obscure saints. So what does that look for? Like, how do you pick the ones that you want to focus on?
1: A lot of Google.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the internet. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> the internet is my friend. <laughs> no, that, that actually is a, a difficulty. There are some, some lesser known saints where there just isn't enough material, like for me to do an episode. Because I, I try to keep my episodes about 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. I kind of keep them bite-sized. But there are some saints where you just don't get that actually there's quite a few saints even these lesser-known saints that tend to have their own websites or there's a there's even secular sources really well mention him uh, a bit later but blessed uh, yusto takiyama yukon i was able to find some secular samurai sources that had his story so it was, it was kind of neat getting those perspectives yeah. Yes, the internet is my friend.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. But yeah, you're right. Like some of the saints, when I'll see them pop up on maybe the liturgical calendar or I'll be doing random saint searches and they do have one sentence. We know Mm -hmm. they were a virgin and martyr in early Rome and that's it. So yeah, it's probably difficult finding the balance between a saint that you can actually find 20 minutes (laughs) of sources on. We're surrounded by the saints, this cloud of witnesses. We also admire those in the Catholic Church who we call blessed or venerable. So can you explain a little bit about what it takes for someone to go through that process and be recognized mm. as an official saint in the Catholic Church?
1: Absolutely, so as it is today, what happens is a diocese or you know, a local area will approach the bishop and with a person and say, hey, like, can you investigate this person? That starts years and years of usually a bishop collecting testimonies and, you know, everything that he can. Then he proposes the life of this person to the congregation for the causes of saints. And that is the point when the person is declared a servant of God. As a servant of God, their whole life is scrutinized and they look into everything to determine whether or not this individual lived a life of heroic virtue. And if and when they've found to have lived... Uh, heroically virtuous life, they are declared venerable, and during this time, yeah, people, you can be praying to this person, and in fact, that's even encouraged because that kind of helps their cause. (laughs) When they're declared venerable, that's kind of the church saying, yeah, this is a person you can emulate. Like, this is uh, a person who displayed heroic virtue in their life, yeah, you should totally aspire to be like this person. When a miracle then gets attributed to a venerable, that opens the door for them to become a blessed, which means that the Pope will beatify the individual. Mm-hmm. Or in some cases, if the Pope is too busy, he'll delegate that to a cardinal. Then with a second miracle attributed to the individual, they then can be canonized a saint. And what that means is the church makes an infallible declaration that this person is in heaven. So the steps before, as a venerable and beatified, and even as a servant of God, we're pretty sure that the person's Mm -hmm. in heaven. And even with beatified, if they have a miracle attributed to them, you're like, eh, this person's probably in heaven. So the real distinction between those three previous steps and uh, a declared saint is that infallible statement, that infallible
0: declaration. We know for sure at that point that they are in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get public veneration is available, yes. and, yeah, which is really beautiful. Yeah. Then
1: they're added to the liturgical calendar.
0: Right. Get Have their, a feast their, yeah. day. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. So when you started out heavenly social you started out with a saint but then you've also included blesseds in the podcast so what made you make that decision to include the blesseds as well
1: yeah uh, to to kind of raise awareness about uh, well specifically in my podcast uh blessed takiyama yukon mm-hmm. uh, because like i said blesseds need just one more miracle before right. they can be saints and well that's not going to happen if people aren't asking for their intercession so Uh, Blessed tend to get overlooked more often than not. They're just as powerful intercessors. Yeah, so it's kind of help out the family.
0: (laughs) Scoot them on their way to st. hood. It's just so beautiful though, because when you build that devotion to a blessed or get to know the blessed, there's nothing that says that that miracle can't be attributed to one of your prayer requests and intentions that you're bringing for them. So it's just really a win-win. It's like a really great relationship with them.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, one episode of the Heavenly Social is dedicated to the story of St. Dymphna. So what makes Dymphna's story special and why is she a personal favorite of yours?
1: Gosh, I I absolutely love Saint Dymphna and when the Heavenly Social was still just an idea, she was really the only saint that I was like, I have to do an episode on. And that's just because of how she personally affected my life. So for those who don't know, Saint Dymphna is a patron of those with mental illnesses, those who might struggle with anxiety or depression. And I think in today's era where, where depression and anxiety and mental illness se- seemingly running rampant, she's a very powerful friend to have. Mm-hmm. Well, very simply, well you should check out my episode <laughs> on St. Yes. Dymphna to get the full story. But uh, in short, uh, Dymphna was an Irish princess who lived in the 7th century, and her mother died when she was about 14 or so. And her father kind of went off the rails, uh, just with grief. He went so mad that he wanted to marry Dymphna because she reminded him of his deceased wife. Well, Dimfna fled Ireland to Giel, Belgium. Eventually, her father ended up tracking her down and kind of gave her an ultimatum. Well, she had consecrated herself to the Lord and remained faithful to the Lord. As a result, her father beheaded her. Almost immediately after her death, devotion to her started there in Giel, Belgium. A devotion to her has carried on through the centuries with many miraculous healings uh, being attributed to her. So she's really important to me because I was kind of in a depressed state for about 10 years. Back when I was in middle school, I actually had a classmate basically tell me I would never be loved. And that is... Enough of a seed for the devil to use right and uh, so that phrase the devil was able to use for about a decade You know every failure every time, you know If I was ever ignored or rejected or anything that phrase would come back and the devil that was all the devil needed well It kind of came to a head, you know when I was in college and kind of realized Just how messed up that all was and and how? Kind of trapped I was in that it was then that Saint Dimphna came to me and basically said if nobody else will tell you that they love you I say that I love you mm. and as much as I am showing you that I love you uh, Christ loves you that much more right and to me that is the heart of a relationship with a saint is a, a, a saint is there to show you how much christ loves you and they're always going to be pointing towards god and uh, helping to soften your heart like what she did for me she softened my heart and uh opened opened me up to receive incredible graces and that resulted in a very fundamental shift in just how i operated and how i viewed the world i've ended up a much better and happier person as a result of it but kind of because of. Her intercession and because she came to me when I really needed that. And that was that was a, a sort of validation that I needed to hear and to feel. It was incredible. And, and uh, that's kind of why she has a really special place in my heart.
0: Well, I love how a lot of your podcasts will start off with, have you ever felt? And then you'll mm. go on to describe something that most of us have gone through or f- have felt and how and a lot of those experiences, it's easy to feel alone in those or to feel isolated. And the devil loves isolating us and how beautiful it is to look to the saints to realize that not only are we not the only ones going through this, but we also have help and heavenly aid up there kind of pollen for us specifically with those causes, which mm. is so beautiful. So we have St. Dymphna, and she has this beautiful patronage for those suffering through mental illness, mm. which is how you were able to connect to her. But all saints have different patronages. So let's talk a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so patroni- patronages is kind of an interesting thing. The first thing that we should know is that they're not like the patronages of like, Greek gods. Mm. like They, they mm. aren't... Uh, That they have some sort of magic over, you know, whatever they're a patron of. But rather, at least how I've come to understand it, is that uh, a patronage is something that might be especially special to that particular saint. Either like something in their life or, uh, you know, an encounter or whatnot. And now that they're in heaven they might have a soft spot for people also in right. either encountering a particular struggle, like in Dimfna's case with mental illness or uh, like in uh, uh, St. Anthony of Padua's case where he's one of his patronages is against shipwrecks. And so, so like seeking to protect people against certain things. So it's, it's more to, to better understand these patronages. It's more to think of it as uh, yeah, these these saints have these special things that they're close to, and that you might even expect them to like pursue you
0: mm-hmm.
1: if if yep. you're going through it. And be like, "Hey, like I went through this. <laughs> let me help you they're out."
0: Coming to find you, yeah. track you down, make yeah. sure that you know about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So I think that's a that's a good way to kind of understand patronages.
0: And there's just this beauty of the unique patronages. I remember learning about St. Therese of Lisieux, who's the patron saint of missionaries, but mm. she died at 24 and never left the convent, left right. France once to go petition to be able to to get into the Carmelite convent. And so it's so beautiful to see these saints whose patronage, like you said, sometimes they line up with their with their actual lived life here on earth, and sometimes it lines up with what they were super <laughs> passionate about. And now, right. they, now that they're in heaven, they get to, they're not bound by the convent walls. That's <laughs> exactly right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One way to learn about the history of the Catholic Church and the history of the world as a whole, because saints exist in the real world, (laughs) is to focus research and learning in on one specific event or person. So how does learning about the lives of the saints also inform us about this beautifully rich history that the Catholic Church has and the ways that the saints have interacted with the world around them?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) The events of the world kind of affected how the saints kind of became saints. Like, for example, the Reformation. Mm-hmm. There's many saints that came out of the Reformation that we wouldn't have known otherwise. Right. Like, you know, the, the one that comes to mind is like St. Thomas More, a very virtuous man, but would have kind of flown under the radar if it hadn't been for Henry Eighth, like, kind of breaking away from the church. I love that because that also illustrates just how many saints we don't know the names of. Mm -hmm. Maybe because they just weren't involved in some, you know, big historical event. But that goes to show just how uh, these historical events do affect uh, these saints and how these saints affect historical events. I think of like Saint Albert the Great and how he contributed very much to scientific thought Mm -hmm. back in the 1200s. So these saints also affected history <laughs> kind of a a really big example of this would be blessed takiyama yukon mm-hmm. uh gosh i learned a lot about japan and japanese history because of him because he was nestled right there at uh, at a time when christian persecution in japan really kicked into gear right and uh in, in fact he was exiled because of this and he was lucky because of that uh there were there were many that were put to brutal deaths and i think there's a little over 300 recognized japanese saints that came out of that time period of wow. martyrdom takiyama yukon is also considered a martyr because he died uh, during his exile and it was actually kind of set up to be a particularly rough journey yeah he like personally interacted with three individuals known as the three unifiers of japan And seeing that kind of interactions between a saint and these monumental secular figures is uh, really neat, but it puts context to why they did what they did and why maybe what they did was heroic in virtue. Whereas say if we might hold to the same things, it might not carry the same weight. So, so historical ta- context is, uh, I would say, critically important to understanding the life of a saint.
0: I studied history in college, and one of our biggest things was looking at something through the lens of the culture and the context where it was. Because you're right, it's easy to look back, even on some things that the saints say, mm-hmm. where you look back into their writings, you're like, oh shoot, that doesn't jive as well <laughs> as it probably did in the 1500s. But when mm-hmm. you look through it through the lens of who their audience was and who, or their parishioners, or their congregation, or their circle of influence would have been back then, it just shifts that conversation because you're putting them in that context of that, Mm -hmm. which is definitely needed, I think for sure, (laughs) when discovering that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I have a a sisterhood, a small group here in Kansas City, and we've been learning about St. Teresa of Avila, another Mm -hmm. Reformation Mm -hmm. saint who probably would have slipped under the radar if it hadn't been for the Reformation, and how beautiful it is for her to see her in that context, and to realize too that a lot of times I think we think Oh, there's fate. This is going to happen. This is how history is going to play out. And the realization that these saints interacting with, you're right, both religious and secular players really have an impact on how world events shifted and changed, which is beautiful. And we have that power too. Right? Yeah. It was, there's not fate now either. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know. Yeah. Like a lot of these were just regular people going about their lives right. and they're faced with uh, kind of a decision to make, like... Okay, do I go with the flow? Do I go with the crowd, or do I stand up for what I know is right? And right. ultimately, that's why we end up knowing about them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, that that stance for what's right, mm-hmm. which is what we're also called to today to mm-hmm. make there. Yeah, there is going to be those stances that we have to take, or those defining moments in our own lives as well. Because mm-hmm. you started this podcast, you're learning about the saints. So, how have the saints inspired you in your daily life as a Catholic, striving for sainthood in today's culture?
1: Mm-hmm. I think striving is the key word yep. there.
0: because
1: <laughs> he here is a, a really big thought that I kind of had as I was really getting into this uh like I'm usually able to condense a saint's story uh to you know about 20 minutes or so or you know including yeah. like my thoughts and whatnot but we're able to condense their stories f- to a pretty small amount of time well if for them, it was a lifetime, right? <laughs> so, so kind of seeing that uh, realizing that it was kind of big for me because it's so easy to get frustrated, where I'm like, okay, why am I not like you know this saint? Or like, why am I not as virtuous as I know I should be? Or like, why am I not as virtuous as I want to be, even? And uh, uh, so kind of that helps me. Put things into context. I'm like, okay, like it took them a while. Like, you look at Saint Augustine. I, he, I don't think he was even baptized until he was like thirty, right? he was, you know. It's, so it kind of helps me to breathe easy. You know? All right, it's <laughs> it's okay. Like they cooperated with God's time, and look what happened. So. Maybe I can cooperate too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's, I would say, is kind of the biggest thing that's really helped me in my daily life is understanding that each day is uh, just a step towards the grander goal. That I don't need to be that person right now, or I shouldn't get upset that I'm not that person right now, I should say. Right, strive
0: for that <laughs> as the end goal but yeah, it is okay to be on the journey Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think with the saints, when you look at their stories, it's sometimes easy to put them on a pedestal and to think mm. oh, yep, they're perfect you know, they're the mountain, I'm a little grain of sand like St. Teresa of Lisieux was talking about but it's so beautiful when you get to know the saints as friends and you get to know their stories where you realize that the saints really had some deep struggles, even on their faith level and their mm-hmm. relationship with God and digging into them makes that so much more real and yeah, accessible So sainthood is possible because if... Mother Teresa and John of the Cross can struggle with a belief in God in those dark times, then it's okay for us to struggle with that too. Absolutely. One thing that you've included in the episodes of the Heavenly Social is this emphasis on a virtue mm-hmm. that you see live down the saints. And I love this. <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts of the episodes. <laughs> How does learning about the saints and make the virtues more accessible in our daily lives? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. To me, it's about making things bite-sized. Yeah, like I think sainthood is way easier to accomplish when we take it one step at a time mm-hmm. or focus on one area of our lives to tackle first. If we try to look at the big picture, we're going to get overwhelmed yep. and we're going to get upset when we're not there. So to me, picking out one virtue helps me maybe identify, oh, I, I can work on that or I can take like my first episode with uh, saint anthony and and how i i what really stood out to me with him was his obedience i'm like okay who can i be obedient to how can i exercise that because we also have to remember that god isn't calling me to be saint anthony right god isn't calling me to be one of these other saints he's calling joseph Honey hockey to be a saint right and so to me looking at one aspect of a saint uh and of helps me to be like, oh, maybe this is a virtue that I can excel at. Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah, it kind of helps me to determine exactly how God is calling me to be a saint and which saints to look towards for inspiration. So rather than being like, okay, well, I have to go out and start a religious order. Right. <laughs> like, okay, I can I can start with just this. I can start with, say, obedience and mm-hmm. see where that takes me. And uh, to me, that, that kind of helps in ultimately determining where God is calling me to go. And so I hope that that's where listeners, <laughs> that's what all, listeners also get out of that.
0: Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense if you think even outside the spiritual life, if there's a something or a talent that you want to strive to excel in, you look at the people who have completely mastered that like if you want to be a great French chef you go for the French chefs who have really good ratings on YouTube and you know the recipes (laughs) taste great and you learn from them because that's what they that's their passion and so learning about the virtues from saints who are passionate about that one specific virtue is so beautiful like what a great source of inspiration too for us so one of the latest episodes of the heavenly social was dedicated to not just one one heavenly friend but billions of heavenly companions. (laughs) (laughs) So why should we as Catholics not only dig into our relationship with the saints, but also with the angels and in particular our guardian angels? Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) You know that that (laughs) I particularly like angels. (laughs) They're they're my buddies. (laughs) Yeah. So I think your guardian angel is somebody who tends to get really overlooked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is unfortunate because they're with you from the beginning. Right. And in fact, they've been waiting for you from the beginning. And it's very much safe to say that second to God, there's nobody who loves you more than your guardian angel. Uh, Because their entire goal is to get you to heaven. Right. And, And that is ultimately what will bring them the most joy. But it's not because they have anything to gain from it. What I think is so incredible about your guardian angels is that they are able to witness how much God loves you. Mm-hmm. And it's ultimately their love for God that makes them love you. Right. <laughs> and and uh, I mean, that's just uh, an incredibly beautiful thing. And. Uh, uh, I think I used the term prismatic beauty because the, the angels reflect God's love so beautifully and individually. And your guardian angel brings, uh, an interesting level and unknown level mm-hmm. of, uh, individuality and personality towards like, guiding you to heaven. Right. <laughs> and, and so building a relationship with them, uh, I believe just makes the journey that much easier because when times get tough you know for certain that you always have somebody who uh, not only is there but wants to be there and longs to be there and longs to see you succeed in this journey and uh, being able to turn to them is uh, then a beautiful thing and the the more you go about strengthening that relationship uh, the the easier difficult times will Will be, and the more you'll end up finding yourself loving Christ because the angels are always seeing the face of the Father, as Christ right. tells us, and and so you you find yourself loving God much more,
0: right? And this their their personal mission is to get you to heaven, to bring you to that ultimate source of Christ, which is so beautiful. Um, Joseph and I. My husband, so Joe Honeyhock Hawk, and Hawk-hush, Joe our normal co Joe, my husband. Surrounded by Joseph. <laughs> Joseph, my husband, and I have been reading the Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, mm. which is incredibly eye-opening to see in C.S. Lewis's his writing. He talks about how devils specifically go after our souls, or so there's one devil who's vying for us to not make it to heaven. It's so comforting and consoling to know that on the opposite side of that there is one angel who is pulling for you specifically mm-hmm. which is so beautiful yeah and whose mission it is to it's not like they get you to heaven and then they go on to the next person right. like, that's their your their mission yeah
1: yeah. yeah yeah and then it's you and your angel in heaven forever right They <laughs> say so you reign in heaven with your
0: angel mm-hmm. and, and
1: uh, yeah so so it's a relationship for eternity
0: right and his ultimate, like, heavenly friend reunion at the end. Like, we have all this to look forward to. Not only all this witness and, the, like, the beautiful beautiful saints that we get to know here as patrons, but also that that guardian angel. Like, oh, that's so great. Yeah. It makes you look forward to heaven even more. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Ah, I want to meet him and apologize for, for, for all, all, for all, the, hard all work. the, oh, gosh, I know, for giving him a
1: hard time. Right. <laughs>
0: So if listeners are tuning in and wanting to get to know the saints better, whether that's maybe choosing a patron saint for 2019 or getting to know a patron saint that they already have, maybe that's their confirmation saint or their namesake, what advice would you give them for developing that relationship with the saints?
1: Mm. Yeah, I would say the first thing is to ask for help in the mundane. Mm. It's the easiest place to start. because what ends up building from that is if you're able to ask for help in mundane tasks. And when I say ask for help, I don't mean like help me wash the dishes, but <laughs> but maybe like while I'm washing the dishes, help remind me of God, like help me to find God in these mundane tasks. Uh, so that's kind of what I mean by that. But, um, by asking for their help there, it'll make it much easier when you are faced with a much more serious crisis to turn to them with help. And, um, that relationship will have already been there. It's not you like running to them as an emergency, right. like, hey, can you, can you help me out? Mm-hmm. It's, can you maybe mourn with me? Or can you uh, help me to find the joy in this? Can you help me see the positive, find God in this uh, situation? It all comes back to what St. Paul says, which is that we should pray without ceasing. Right. So ultimately, in asking the saints to be with you, In the mundane tasks, you're asking them to really help train you to pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, I think that is uh, the best thing that anyone could do uh, when it comes to fostering a relationship with a saint.
0: Right. It, may, it reminds me, we're in the month of January, and you just think of New Year's resolutions. Mm. It's the month where I make and break a lot of <laughs> resolutions. Yeah, <hear> me <laughs> we're, we're probably in the same boat with a lot of listeners. <laughs> but you, have, you can have big goals for 2019. Maybe it's like, this is the year that I'm going to be really conscious about my fitness. And to have these huge goals that are unattainable and inaccessible, but then to bring them down to those bite-sized pieces and okay that also you know maybe that's going to the gym three times a week or making healthy eating decisions and having those small steps where you are training and like making conscious small choices so that you can make that large conscious choice at the end Mm -hmm. yep absolutely where can listeners find the heavenly social
1: all right well you can find the heavenly social on itunes or google play or you could also find it on my website which is www.theheavenlysocial.com
0: beautiful and i'll link all of those in the show notes and highly recommend it so great and they're per- the perfect drive or like drive commute that 20 minute time that's the sweet spot so mm-hmm. thanks so much for coming on the show joe and introducing just us to your friends the heavenly the heavenly social absolutely.
1: thank you very much for having
0: me absolutely the catholic podcast is an initiative of the holy family school of faith institute to find out more or to see how you can contribute to our mission check out www.schooloffaith.com